Let's boogie. The mics are hot. Mics are hot, which can only mean one thing. Introducing Buckets and Beyond, your friendly neighborhood Mavs podcast. Special <laughs> Halloween edition. Special Halloween edition. We're sure it'll catch on eventually, uh, hopefully before he retires. Um, starting at small forward. From St. Louis University, Mr. Devil's Advocate, Andrew the Goon Bennett. Yeah! Good to be oh here. Gosh, Good to be dude, here on this best. spookiest or almost spookiest of days. I'm not done. I need Spooky to get to other people. There's not enough time for that. Uh, starting at Power Forward from UNT, live from the Immaculate Vibe Studio, it's Jay Bonney in a cowboy costume. How to do? Or a uh, country singer costume. My bad. No, that's Lil Mavs X. That's Lil Mavs X. Lil Mavs X. That's <laughs> alter ego. Oh, that's 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 a keeper. Um, and now starting at point guard from UT Arlington, uh, the guy in a Robin costume, the one holding the mic and speaking right now, Ben Seibel. Ah, he's awesome. Uh, shout out to you. And then, and now the moment you've been waiting for, our guest. Starting at Stretch Center from UT Dallas, it's everyone's favorite Bobby. Bobby Carolla. That was a great intro. How did you know that I went to UTD? Uh, LinkedIn. Oh, wow. Nice, nice, nice. Good, good research. <laughs> we're stalkers over here at Buckets the, and Beyond. Yeah. And whoosh, by the way. We're, we're on everything. <laughs> we're on YouTube. We're on Insta. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. We're still on MySpace. Check yeah, out check out the pod on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, please yeah, like and I, please like yeah. and endorse. Um, <laughs> we yeah, we need somebody to endorse this on LinkedIn. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, we're so happy to have you, Bobby. Like you've you've been like in my top five of like guys I want on the pod forever, and just we're so happy to have you. Oh, that's awesome, man! Yeah. Glad to hear it, and thank you for uh, thank you for having me on. You're a you're a top tier Twitter follow for I think for most Mavs. Thank you fans. for saying it. I was um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like it, for any Mavs fans that are starting to follow the team or just have been following the team for a while, must follow. But want more coverage. Um, yeah. I you appreciate y'all. It's very you, it's you, very nice because that I Twitter lo- does uh from time to time Twitter can kind of suck, but kinda we we all, we all have to try and be forces for good on here. You know what I mean. <laughs> You, I, but oh, no, I'm kinda... a force, force for evil all the way. <laughs> he, he, yeah, his his nickname is Mr. Devil's Advocate for a reason because I'm the I'm like the optimist that thinks Luca is, is just going to win the rest of the game to himself. And then he's like, no, he's very realistic about it. His, his, his approach and everything. He, we balance each other out in that way. But so I where, love how, your... did, how does Jay fit into that? Is he sort of like the tiger? He breaker? makes fun of both of us. He's the, he's, he's, the... yeah, I kind of like, I'm like the wind, man. I kind of just go on my own. You know, I'll have some spicy takes, but I look for the truth at the end of the day. But like sometimes that doesn't line up with what the general. I don't know. He's a truth <laughs> kind of my own. seeker. Mm, yeah. Okay. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Not to get he, philosophical. Yeah, but like it's funny. Like we'll get into little squabbles, and Jay kind of looks at it from an outside perspective of like, you know, how how stupid or like the conversation is, or like he's very good at just like making fun of us and the the league as a whole. So. um I, I did want to say real quick before we start <clears throat> the what I love about your tweets 
is they're full of stats that are net like are are not your basic stats like rebounds, assists, and triple doubles, all this stuff. And it, it's a it's a stat that the person almost has to do a double take and like really think about and how that like impacts the game. And it it's more uh, it's like a word with eight syllables as opposed to like this little bite sized thing <laughs> that like oh yeah, Luka Doncic had thirty eight points or whatever. And you kind of give the insight of like, oh, this is how he's scoring in this quarter against this opponent or whatever. And you do that, but you have like a little like sprinkle of like your uh, like joy or like not a little like happiness in it. Not so it's just like Mr. Roboto, like uh, sending it out. So that's why I, great follow. Oh, like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> stats are kind of boring, just like innately. Uh, it's just numbers in a spreadsheet. Right. And so I used to be a lot more like, this is X plus Y and the cosine and the tangent and everything. And like, it just got kind of boring. Right. And like, this is supposed to be fun. Like basketball is entertainment at the end of the day. And so, uh, I want to like, I want to help educate people, I guess, you know, for some of like the deeper stuff in basketball, but it's also gotta be entertaining too. So that's been, um, that's like my own personal sort of, uh, you know, I don't want to be a, a force for good or a force for evil or point and laugh at how absurd it is. My ethos is like, I want to make numbers more interesting. And if I can do that, then, you know, at, at the end of the day, I can sleep well. You do. You do this for someone that doesn't enjoy numbers outside of basketball. I appreciate that. Oh, thank so. you. Thank you. So, Bobby, that, that raises maybe my first question of the day. Have you found the numbers so far <laughs> in this season? Have you found them interesting? Have you found them entertaining? Um. <laughs> I would say entertaining, probably not after last night. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess the 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 thing that I'm thinking about most of all is um, this season they're shooting, they're getting 17 open threes per game. So open is like whenever the defender is with between four to six feet away from yeah. you. So you're not like in your own gym, but it's a good look. They get 17 of those per game, which is like top five or top six in the NBA but they're shooting under 30% on those. They're shooting like 27, 28%. And so it's like, right now, everyone is talking about Jason Kidd. Everyone is talking about Dwight Powell and the rotation and all that stuff. But like, if you get good looks and you can't knock them down, it doesn't matter who's on the floor. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna have a hard time winning the game. So uh, you gotta knock down open shots. And if they just, if Dorian Finney-Smith hits some shots, if Luca hits some shots, Tim Hardaway Jr. hits some shots, then they're not barely beating the bad teams that they've beaten and they're not getting they're not getting blown up by 30 you know they're going to win games by double digits and the games are going to be competitive so got to hit open shots mm. and then yeah, ahead, yeah that, that's about as plain as day as you can get and uh i think jay didn't you have a question about like the way he, he projected them or i can ask it if you wait what now i'm sorry can you repeat that <laughs> i think jay <laughs> you were our you were our big time optimist last week on our preview pod, um, putting the Mavericks as the number one overall seed, projected as the number one overall seed. Yeah, Bobby, I think you were a little closer to uh, Devil's Advocate over here, having them <laughs> at the four seed. Um, do you, Bobby? Do you still still feel good about that four spot? Jay, do you still feel good about that one spot? <laughs> yeah, I, I'll start. I still feel good about it because. I don't feel like the team is going to keep shooting like 20% from three and like 27% or whatever from the field. Like that just doesn't seem like, I feel like they're going to regress to the mean or I guess upgrade progress to the mean, you know? 
I feel like they're going to pick it up. Um, you know, Luca started slow last year. Guys started slow last year. Um, you know, I think we're going to pick it up. And I mean, we've seen Maxi. Maxi's played well. You know, um, there have been a lot of stretches of Reggie playing well. I think we're going to get it together. I'm not too pressed right now, actually. I, I think I'm more on the optimistic side still um, uh, against, against you know, the, the general meta perspective right now. I am worried about the Jazz, though. They're the, you know, I think they're the only team that hasn't lost yet. So, um, you know, if they're going to be up there the whole time, that's going to be annoying. But, I mean, we're, we're not, you know, it's still early, man. We've only played five games, and we're, we're, we're three and two, you know, so. I'm not super pressed and I don't think they're going to keep throwing bricks up. You know, I think these guys are probably nervous or, you know, or, you know, maybe it's a little rusty from, from the summer and all that. So I'm not super pressed. I still think that we could get the one seed. It's possible. It's possible. I'm with you. It's still pretty early. Um, But like we saw last year, you know, the Matt, it took the Mavs a a few games to sort of like find their rhythm a little bit. Um, And then COVID happened. And then all of a sudden you're nine and 13, right? So, like, at the beginning of the year, even if you're a really good team, the first five, ten games of the year, you're just sort of, like, finding your identity. Uh, Denver's 3-2. and two. The Lakers, I think the Lakers ended up winning last night against Cleveland, but they've had some achy losses. You know, Phoenix is still under 500. So, even if you're, like, really, really good, uh, sometimes it takes you a little bit to find your, your, your giddy-up. Um, but, you know, last year it took the Mavs, like, 22 games to find their rhythm. And so, you can sort of – sleepwalk through the first five, 10 games or not even sleepwalk, but like you can have some weird results in the first five, 10 games of the year as you're just sort of like trying to figure out what it is that you do, but you want to find those answers before you get to like 15, 20 games into the season, because then all of a sudden you're running out of time and it's good. You're going to have to be like digging your way out of a hole, going all the way to game 82, just to avoid the plan, which they managed to do last year, basically by one game. So, um, you know, if, if it's still kind of like this, if it's still a mixed bag, um, in like mid-November around Thanksgiving, then yeah, it's like, oh man, this could get kind of interesting. Um, but you know, I, it's still so early, but we'll see. I mean, they got the Kings, they got Miami next. Those are two good teams. Uh, the Kings are like, you know, unbeaten against the Mavs since like Obama was in office <laughs> and <laughs> Miami has a really, really good defense. So yeah. we're going to oh see, we're going to see. I think that's part of the, the deal. Like they, they would let us beat them every time if we could pick Luca. I think that was part of the deal, but. I mean, I'll take it. Four losses a year for Luca is great. <laughs> yeah, it's a great yeah. deal. Great deal. Yeah, no big deal. You so, take it every day of the week. So, is it safe to say, Bobby, that you're you're holding off on maybe the panic button, so to speak, until game fifteen, in fifteen games in, give or take, roundabouts. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that, yeah, like the first quarter of the season, you're you you got to sort of have it figured out by Thanksgiving, by Christmas time, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. but you know. It's always easier to do this in hindsight, right? But like at the beginning of the lockout season, for example, the 2011-12 season, um, Dallas in the preseason, they got smoked in the in the couple games they played. And then in the first two games of the regular season, they played Miami and Denver. And they were losing, I think, by 40 in both of those games. So even though that. it was early oh in the year, God. you could be like, man, this is kind of – this is feeling kind of weird, guys. So like eventually they're going to play a good team and they're going to have a good game against that good team. Hopefully it's like tomorrow or on Tuesday <laughs> against Miami. But for every time they go out there and play one of these playoff teams, especially one of the top dogs, you know, if they keep having really poor games like this, then yeah, it's it's yeah. you know getting a little it's getting a little hairy. But um, for it only being two games and last night second night of a back to back and no KP and all that stuff, it's kind of like okay. I mean, 
you know, it's it's hard to get too riled up about it. But again, the more evidence you have, uh, yeah. and you know, the more poor performances they have, then it's kind of like, all right, guys, you know, like we got to sort of get this figured out. Now, if you were if you were to diagnose what's been going on with the team, what would you? How would you break that down in like percentages? Because I I kind of have some. Is it like is it like ninety percent just this new coaching and new coaching staff, or is it you know twenty percent the new scheme that they're trying with defensive intense, uh, more in defensive intensive scheme, or are these like all these new players that are fitting in new spots? You know, uh, what wh- what do you think are? How, I guess how would you categorize it if you had to like put a number on it, if that makes sense? Well, I'm curious to see what you guys think because three games stand out to me, and they all sort of have different um they stand out for different reasons so like the win against houston for example dallas shot 28 percent from three houston shot 41 percent from three it's a miracle the mavs even won that game to be honest right. like w- whenever the disparity is that wide and you're both taking like 40 45 threes if you get outshot that bad you shouldn't even win the game and yet they won it by like eight or nine points or something um so that was just like someone hit a shot atlanta in the season mm-hmm. opener you know, it looked like the offense had no flow all night. Like, it was really discombobulated. They they weren't getting any good shots. But I thought they had a pretty good defensive performance in that game, especially in the first half. I mean, they forced all the right kinds of shots. A lot mm-hmm. of mid-rangers, a lot of floaters, a lot of pull-ups. Everything was contested. They looked pretty good defensively, but offensively, they just looked like it was their first game in a year and a half. Last night, I thought they got a lot of good looks, like, had a lot of open threes again no one made them but then defensively especially in the third quarter like it just all fell apart and that's even with maxi on the floor and so it's like those are three games that stand out to me where there was some good stuff happening you know like defensively against houston i thought they played well defensively against atlanta i thought they played well but and then you have other games where it's like the complete inverse you know like offensively against atlanta was really poor and i thought last night against denver defensively they 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 came unglued there pretty bad and again that's without Porzingis so you're playing one big against a team with Nikola Jokic who they don't really have a good matchup for um but still I mean if if you're losing specifically if you're losing two games by like 20 25 plus points uh and you're losing them in two different ways then that is that's that's a little that's a little weird so I don't really know how to diagnose the whole thing I think some of it is new I think some of it is guys just got to hit shots um, I think some of it is when you're not hitting shots, can you still dig in and play some defense? Um, and then it's like KP's already missing two games. Like, how are they going to fare without him this season? Uh, in the past, they've been able to win some games without him. But like last night, they looked like they could really use um, his floor spacing ability. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be curious to to hear what you guys think. Yeah, like to me, the the offense being down is um... – it's scary. And that's the biggest thing to me is just the offense. It's so it, glaring, it, it, too. <laughs> yeah, like, in, like Luca was – he's favored to be MVP. <clears throat> and when you think about what an MVP looks like, they're dominant. They're putting up, like, all these stupid points. Like, he's putting up, I think, 20 or 22 points a game so far. Um, you know, shooting very cold from, from a distance, shooting cold all over the field, really. Um, so I, I, I'm really waiting for Luca to, to bring it in the MVP form and – um and uh, just for guys to start hitting shots, like, I think – and if it does turn out that, like, we just aren't the offensive powerhouse that we think we are, you know, if we have these games where – if we have more games where we're not scoring even 90 points, then, um, I don't know, we're probably going to feel pretty silly about talking all this defense. And, um, 
you know, they say defense is the anchor, defense is this, defense is that. Like, like the game is about buckets. So if we're not going to get buckets, then, like, we're not going to do anything. So, I mean, I think the offense is the biggest uh, the biggest thing for me. Yeah, right now it's kind of like the the opposite of the last couple of years, right? Like, the mm-hmm. defense yeah. overall has been really good, and the offense has just been like, eh. And, you know, it is more exciting to watch 125 to 124 shootouts. Oh, you for know? sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what what's scary. Like that's what's like it's almost like a shock of to Mavs fans to not see us put up 120. So when we're like not we're barely getting to 40 at halftime, and we're missing all these shots, like it it doesn't matter how many lockdowns we get because we can't put it we can't score. So it it feels like the defense mind you know like gets kind of shoved to the side of like but we're not putting points on the board. And that's kind of what I think is shot yeah. is is scaring everybody. I think to piggyback on this the offense discussion, you know, two years ago the Mavericks had, I believe, the top rated offense in NBA history up until that point. And so you looked at that and you thought, okay, we just need to add a little bit more defense. We need to add a few more pieces here and there. We need to scheme a little bit better on the defensive end. But we felt like the offense and being able to score 115 points a game was going to be a given. And we're realizing, I think in these first couple of games, of course, getting used to a new coach, trying to incorporate, I don't think you can put any of this on the new guys. Reggie is uh, averaging, I think between 15 to 20 minutes a game. I think he played 30 last night or in the San Antonio game or finally got a start. Um, I don't think you can put it on any of those guys. Cause there aren't that many new guys. Um, the roster is pretty, is fairly similar to when we had that world beating offense. And so I think the discouragement comes from the fact that it feels like the offense has regressed. Um, and you, and you, you expect Luca to add things to his game. You expect Brunson and some of the younger guys to add things to their game. And so you kind of expect the Mavericks as a team, even though they're not adding new players necessarily, or not adding a ton of new talent, you're expecting them to continue to add to maintain that world beating offense and add in. Um, and right now it's been kind of addition by subtraction where you, you know, you're, you're holding teams a little bit better on defense. I think my biggest hope comes from that San Antonio game where I felt like, even though it was really, really tight, um, you saw the MVP Luca come alive in the second half. Um, you saw him close out the game as opposed to, I feel like last season where we saw a ton of games where he was closing out games, but he was also gassed because he would score 20 points in the first quarter and then be gassed come the fourth quarter. And so if we can put together more games like that, where we hold a team under a hundred, you know, guys like Maxi Brunson, Dodo, like step up early. And then we, and then, you know, Luca puts on the Cape and carries us through the fourth quarter, I think that's a better recipe, or that's maybe the recipe going forward, even if we're not scoring 120 points a game. Uh, but again, yeah, it's, 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 again, it's hard to, you keep wondering when are the real maps going to show up? And I guess it's too, it's too much to ask that they show up. Yeah. And, and immediately I think that, in the first week of the season, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think like, just like the way they start games, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I f- it, it almost seems like they're trying to figure out their identity in the first quarter. 
like they're like they're trying to like all right let's kind of get a feel for how this is going to work as as a starting five and like I'll, i don't know if they haven't practiced together or, or whatever it is and then they kind of get into this rut of like oh we're missing these shots because we're not you know getting the looks we want or or whatever and then luca and or jalen is kind of tasked with like hey can you just like put this team on your back for like three quarters, you know, because nobody will make anything. And it, like, I felt so bad watching Jalen last night. He looked like, he's like, I can, I can only do so much. Like I, I it, anyway, uh, not, not to dwell too much on that, but I did want to get your thoughts on this leadership council. Okay. <laughs> I've, I have so many questions, but I'm just going to try to, to, to just kind of, okay. So is the leadership council a way that coach kid can be like a player's coach, or is this just another way to cater to KP? Um, I mean, I think that, so I think player input matters. And I think over the last few years, there was little to no player input. I think it was a lot of front office driven and coaching staff driven decisions being made. Um, so the fact that they are looking for more input from their highest paid players, essentially, I would say is good. Um, I think the reason that everyone is memeing on it is because Jake had used the word council instead of just like, I talked to the guys like calling it council, like, okay, it sounds kind of corny, but like, let's be real. It's not some like official student council type situation. Like he just used that word in an interview. Uh, so I think everyone's latching onto it and, and having a good time with it. And that's all good. But like at the core of the matter is, you know, player input matters a whole lot. Players opinions matter a whole lot. You want to make the players feel like valued and happy and like their opinion matters and all of that stuff. And you in want, the last you few years, that's, buy-in. yeah, yeah. You want buy-in especially. And yeah. And that's especially important whenever it's a new regime taking over as the, after the last one. And we all know all the stuff that was going on with the last regime uh, on the floor and off the floor. It's all out there in the public and it was all very messy and toxic and dramatic. Um, so it's important to do that following the end of that tenure. And it's also especially important to do that for any head coach in his first year, because what you're trying to do is, you know, this is talking about like team building, not roster building, like companion team building companionship kind of corporate style. It's like, it's really boring because you're talking about something that you, that should go unspoken, but um, you're establishing trust and you're establishing goodwill and you're sort of like investing in like emotional capital um yeah. it's all like deposits and withdrawals right like j kid is depositing a lot of goodwill right now because eventually he's gonna have to say hey tim, come off the bench for well <laughs> i mean it could be that it could be maybe tim hardaway jr comes off the bench again it's maybe hey kp uh we're not gonna give you any post-ups tonight it's maybe like hey luca um stop turning the ball over i mean eventually you're gonna have to say this. things and, and do things that are gonna make these guys mad um but if you don't have any any goodwill, like if you haven't deposited any trust in your into your bank account, then whenever you go to make that withdrawal, they're gonna hate you, and you know you're gonna lose the room basically, especially after everything that they've done the last few seasons, everything that's gone on in the organization. So um, I have no problem with it at all, even if again, even if it sounds corny, and even if some of the decisions that they're making collectively are things that you or many people or whatever feel are like objectively the wrong choices um you know it's game five out of 82 or whatever yeah had they had they rolled out a different lineup in the first five games can you tell me that they would have won four of them and not 
just one three of them all the same i mean I, i'm not sure at the level that everyone's playing at right now three and two feels like the best that they could be so you know if they feel good that's better than three and two and feeling good is better than three and two and feeling bad you know and last yeah. year there was a lot of bad vibes for as much as for as much immaculate as stuff as that was going on uh last year was was rough on them um so you know i'm mm. all right with doing some some corny stuff off the off the top of the season if it means that you know when push comes to shove and it's nut cutting time or whatever these guys right. are willing to have tough conversations with one another and they're going to collectively buy in and not be jealous or not be upset or frustrated or whatever okay because they are going to face a lot more adversity this year for sure. Thank you. Okay. That makes the way you broke it down. makes a lot of sense. We love just the phraseology. Cause that allows us to make like a Jedi council meme out oh, of yeah. it. Oh yeah. So that's going to keep coming throughout the season because <laughs> it's hilarious. And I'll just keep like adding new faces. Like I put like Mavrello in, in the council. I don't know if you saw that, but Ben is a meme machine. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> uh, whatever. So <clears throat> Thank you for bringing that. And I think that is, uh, I think the the whole player empowerment is like a trigger word for people like, oh, like players shouldn't make decisions. They're, you know, next thing you know, they'll one out of your franchise or whatever. Um, but I think that the way that he's going about it, you can tell he's learned from his past stops and and he he knows that he needs Luca on his side. He needs, I mean, I don't know. Well, KP, not as much, but he needs Luca like, Luca can ultimately decide if he's, he stays or goes, right? At the end of the but not day. Even, not even in the Machiavellian sense of, like, doing it to save your job or to save yourself or advance yourself. Like, you just need your star player to like you. Yeah, Otherwise, totally. you know, there's going to sure. be a lot of tension. And that just – tension is toxic, and that stuff spreads like a disease, you know? Yeah. Um, if, if people are unhappy, if one guy's unhappy, then the next guy's going to be unhappy after talking to him. And they're either going to all hate each other or they're going to unite in hatred – of you, you know, or right, of me, yeah. or whatever. So you just you want to spread the good vibes. You want to spread them. Okay. So, um, speaking of negativity, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I heard I heard your appearance on the Step Back podcast. Shout out Dalton Trigg. Um, oh, dude. he's going for it. I know what he's talking about. Right. Yeah, like we've. I, I feel like the fans in general are sort of sour on Dwight Powell. And, and, you know, there's people are making memes. I don't know if you're on Instagram, man. Like people are making some fire memes. People are talking about how he just like gives, you know, he gives out dinners to families and smiles and stuff. And that's why he's got a, that's why he's been on the organization for so long. But, you know, you sort of been a Dwight Powell apologist. I would, I would argue, you know, I feel like, I feel like just digging through your tweets and hearing you on, on just other podcasts and hearing some of the content you made, I feel like you're higher on Dwight Powell than other people are. And I wonder, being as knowledgeable as you are, liking Dwight Powell and um and you know seeing seeing hope for him, I guess. What is your perception, or where do you think Mavs fans are getting it wrong, or, or or do you even sense what I'm sensing? Do you sense that there's a lot of hate, like unwarranted Dwight Powell hate? I'm sort oh, yeah. of on the fence about it, but like I've I've praised Dwight Powell, I've criticized him on here. You know, we memed him, but generally I like Dwight I Powell. Haven't. Probably I haven't. I don't. I don't do those kind of. I don't do the like gotcha memes. I'm not. Whatever. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, like we, we have, we've been pretty we've been pretty tame. I think, <laughs> but, but I don't go for players like jugulars with memes. I feel like that's what a lot of people do. Like they'll say the hot like oh like he's like they have a picture of a garbage pan. Hey, look, Dwight Powell. Like that's not okay. Cool. Oh, um, clever. Yeah, I mean, 
my mentions are always a flutter and, and a buzz <laughs> with uh, with Dwight Powell with Dwight Powell hate. Um, I think it's easy to. I think it's so Dwight is a he's a limited player, right? Like he's a big man who rolls to the basket and he dunks and he plays like average to slightly below average defense. So he's just he's a he's a fine player at what he does. Um, I think it's very easy to um, to watch a game and blame a lot of things on the limited guy, you know, on Dwight Powell or Dorian Finney-Smith or whatever, especially because Luca, let's be real, he's good enough to where he's beyond reproach, but every player makes mistakes, right? And last night, you know, this is this is going to come across as Dwight Powell apologism or apologia or whatever. Um, this, the four-man unit of Luca, Tim, Dorian, Reggie Bullock played with Dwight. They played with Maxi. They played with Willie. I think they played with Bobon for a little bit too. Um, they were like minus 18 as a unit whenever Dwight was on the bench. So it's not like he, Dwight, it, but, it, but Dwight becomes the scapegoat again because he is a relatively limited player compared to other guys in the team. Um, what can he do very well? He's the best screen setter on the team. He's the best rim runner on the team. Um, he is... He is a like an energy guy, a hustle guy, which becomes sort of like glue guy. Um, and he's willing to do things that other guys in the starting lineup are not willing to do. Like he's going to dive on the floor. He's going to get elbowed in the face. He's going to go down there and scrap for rebounds and stuff. And you don't necessarily want KP doing that. You know you don't want Luka doing that. You don't necessarily want Tim doing that because Tim doesn't have the size. Dorian doesn't really have the size. Like you need a little bit of sturdy. You need a little bit of energy. Um, in the in the starting lineup, um, things are stagnant without him. Things have been stagnant with him too. Uh, but if you're if you're talking about what a player can do, he can do a lot of things that really nobody else on the roster can do. Um, a lot of other bigs on the on the team don't set sturdy screens at all, and that matters a lot for Luca because he doesn't have you know Luca's one of Luca's few limitations is he doesn't have like that qu elite quick burst right. Like he needs a really good screen set at a really good angle to spring him loose to do what he does. Um, now, he has good success in the pick and roll with KP, who's not the strongest screen setter ever, but KP can pop to the three-point line. You know, he can. He has good success with Tim Hardaway or Jalen Brunson or Dorian Finney-Smith, but in those situations, they're just looking to create a switch, not actually to get Luka going toward the rim. But if you want Luka to get a layup, the best way to do that is to have Powell set the screen for him because he's actually going to lay Luka's man out. Um, but again, he's a limited player. And last night, for example, you know, whenever you're starting four wings uh, and Dwight is the your biggest guy, he's the only big on the floor, and you're going up against Jokic, who's like a you know the MVP, one of the best players of all time, uh, that is a huge matchup disadvantage for you to overcome collectively. But with Luka being your second biggest guy on the floor, even if you do stop Jokic or you do force a miss, then everyone's got to bear down and get a rebound. You know, And there was that stretch in the second quarter there I can't remember if Dwight was on the floor for that or if someone else was. I don't I don't remember the exact sequence, but they give up second chance buckets like on three or four possessions in a row in the middle of that second quarter, which kind of halted the Mavs comeback effort. And and that kind of stuff just can't happen. I mean, you're going to lose games when that happens. Um, and again, because Dwight is the biggest guy, it's easy to point at him and say it's his fault. And even though some possessions it might be a lot of the times things that go wrong have nothing to do with him. But it is it's it's super duper ultra easy and I'm not trying to say this in a condescending way or whatever. Like, you're, everyone is entitled to their opinion. It's all good. We're just having fun here. But like, it's it's super easy to look at a team sport and find the guy, like, with the least skill and say it is his fault. But just because you're the least skilled player doesn't mean you're the weakest link. 
especially whenever your place in the pecking order is like so relatively low. You know, Dwight's usually going to get the fifth most shots out of the starting five. Does that mean he's the fifth most important offensive player? Probably not. I would say he's one of the probably three most important offensive players because Howie Springs, Luca loose. But whenever the offense struggles, it's not necessarily his fault. Whenever the defense struggles, it's not necessarily his fault. I would say that it's it's oftentimes multiple players' fault on the same possession. Um, but it is easy to kind of build up this guy as a scapegoat, especially when you have a guy on the bench, Moses Brown, that people are excited about whenever Maxi Kleb has come in and made good plays. But we saw what happened last year when Maxi gets lots of minutes. You know, like his his body tends to break down because he's had knee issues, back issues, Achilles issues. Um, you want to control his minutes through the regular season too. And so not only is Dwight starting a good thing for Luca in the regular season, but it also protects arguably the, you know, your second most important big man on your roster and Maxi, so that he can play more minutes in the playoffs and hopefully be more effective than he has in recent years. And so I guess it's complicated is the, is the simplest answer. But if you're talking like big rim running centers that don't really shoot threes, like the best ones, Gobert, Clint Capella, um, I'm sure there's others that I'm not remembering right now off the top of my head, but like Dwight is like obviously in the tier underneath those guys, but he's one of the best rim running centers in the NBA. Um, so just keep that in mind. The guys that are better than him are very, 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 very highly well-paid. And they're usually also, also awesome defensive players. Unfortunately, he isn't, but unfortunately the Mavs don't have another center on the team that can do what Dwight does on offense and play better defense. And so it just, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Can't, can't blame Dwight for shooting 29% from three. You, what was that? You you can't blame Dwight for shooting sub 30% from three. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he, made it, he, made it, he shot 100% from three last night, I think, didn't he? He started last season shooting 100% from three, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> More I just threes think like, for Dwight. That's what we need. More threes. I, I think what it's what we have available at the end of the day. And I think that is hard for the Mavs fans to kind of wrap their head around. It's like, he's been here so long. He's got the tenure. He's got like, you know, uh, he does everything you would want off the court. You know, he's such a great person. Like, you know, the organization loves him. Um, but ultimately we need, like, uh, I think Mavs fans are just like, we need talent on the court in that position. And for what we have these, uh, I don't know. Weird. A stable, a stable Weird. of centers. I don't know if that's a good way, yeah. phraseology, but like we have like five, <laughs> we have like five guys center by each, committee. Center by committee is probably a better way to say it. There's like five of them that each kind of do some. Like he does that one thing really good, but Boban kind of does his thing every now and then. Moses, you know, is faster and a little bit more limber than you know Boban. Uh, and Willie, I'm. I mean, I haven't seen Willie play super great lately, but like he does his thing. He's a he's a more active, energetic. Like Willie is yeah. the Dwight equivalent on defense, right? Like he he can just totally just be a maniac on defense, but unfortunately, he just doesn't have the timing in the pick and roll game, and he doesn't hands, set the screens yeah. that Dwight does. So like, ah, if those right, yeah, if those two sure. guys, if you could slap them together, they would be like an all star <laughs> big man. You know, they'd be they'd be amazing. And it, yeah, and it. Here's a theory I'll throw out. It's kind of a, a like a twofold theory. With Dwight, we're we're doing a showcase for Toronto. Hey, look at look at that alley oop. See that? There goes Dwight Powell. Man, look at him and that alley oop. He could do that for Scotty Barnes. I don't know, whatever. And so partially that, that's part of what we're doing right now. And then the other part is, you know, KP doesn't want to bang down low with the big boys. 
and Dwight loves to do that. Like that's his thing. Like, Oh, he'll do his best, but like, I think it's kind of, so that's the, why the council, you know, selected your boy. That's my, that's my theory. Yeah. I mean, like in the playoffs we saw last year, Dwight barely played at all. And they played a lot of KP at the five or sort of whatever kind of four or five on offense. And like Maxi was in the game and they, they played super small and you are going to play that way in the playoffs. Unfortunately, the Mavs got off to such a bad start last season in the regular season that they basically had to revert to playoff mode or advance to playoff mode like in January, you know, and so you're playing. They started basically all of last season. They started Porzingis and Maxi together, which you can play in the playoffs. Uh, you don't want to do that in the regular season because, like you said, that means they're going to bang down low. They're going to play a whole lot of minutes. KP's going to play against a bunch of bruisers. Maxi's going to play 30, 34 minutes a game. And those guys are just going to break down throughout the course of the season. So, you know, playing Dwight at the center now, he can handle those minutes and absorb those minutes and be productive on many nights. Um, and you are protecting the other guys. Like, a lot of teams do this. Like, frankly, I was surprised, really, that Atlanta was able to play Capella at center. I guess they played Philly. Um, so you kind of had – you needed to have size on the floor. But, like – I'm surprised that Capella was able to be as effective for Atlanta as he was last year, given that teams generally, the further you go in the playoffs, the fewer minutes bigs play. And same for DeAndre Ayton, who ended up becoming the Giannis defender in the, in the finals, basically. But like, typically if you're 6'10", 6'11", you better be shooting 40% from three. Otherwise you don't even play in the postseason at all. Um, so maybe that's kind of, maybe that's going to change at some point. But I mean, once the Mavs, if the Mavs are able to get to the playoffs and everything, it wouldn't surprise me if Dwight is totally out of the rotation, but in the meantime, you do kind of need to protect um, the the other bigs on the roster. I personally just think the Mavericks uh, are cursed to always be <laughs> mad at whoever whoever starts at the five. I think Tyson Chandler uh, cursed the position, and ever since and before that, before and since, um, we've just we've just been livid at whoever starts at the five, no matter what Samuel Dallenbear, Chris Kamen, Eric, Dampier. Spoiled us. it doesn't, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Yeah, go it's, back to go back to Sean Bradley, Eric Dampier, the whole, yeah, the whole I bit. have there, one season in my 28 years on this planet. Have we had uh, a center that we could all rally around and say like, that is our center. That is our man at the five. Uh, every other time it's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess this is our, this is our center. Um, and again, that's no disrespect to Dwight. Um, it's just, yeah, it is. It is what it is. Um, this is our this is our cross to bear, I guess, <laughs> as Mavs fans. Um, well, speaking of centers, that maybe maybe this one doesn't want to be a center. KP's fit with the Mavs. If you could, uh, like, give us. Could you give us insight on why things aren't clicking the way they like? I guess bubble KP and then that like stretch it, I think in April or something that year uh, where he was just like going berserk. Um, it just seems like since the bubble it's, it's yeah. If you could just give us insight on, on where, what you've seen specifically, cause you, you have a really good eye for that kind of thing. So maybe we're missing something. I mean, so far this series, he's shooting what, like 20% on threes or something. I mean, that, that has a lot to do with it, especially if you're taking like six or eight of them a game. Uh, if you shoot that low, then your numbers are going to look pretty bad. Um, but I think too, you know, he's trying to like, he's trying to do some stuff. Um, but if you're not seeing the ball go through the hoop, then it can affect your confidence a little bit, you know? So 
it looks like and, and that that's kind of like emblematic of the way that almost the rest of the team is playing too. Like last night, for example, Dorian like passed up an open three, put the ball on the floor, and then kind of had to throw up like a 17 foot floater off the backboard because he just ran out of room. Like it looks like everyone is thinking um more than they're playing like it doesn't nothing looks like super smooth or natural or easy um and people will use that use that sort of description to to in regards to that, like how kp moves normally like last year he looked he moved very like um rigidly you know this year he's moving very smooth like it looks like he's getting to where he wants to go at least for the most part uh but the shots is not going shots aren't going in the rim um so I mean, I, I think that that has more to do with, I mean, it looks like he's shooting the same way. It looks like he's taking the similar kinds of shots. He's just not hitting anything right now. So I don't know if that's a confidence thing or what. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say like overall, we know now that we have three years of data basically and three years of experience to know that if you have another big out there on the floor with KP, um, he is more often going to be the floor spacer uh, and instead of the guy that's setting the screen, because if KP's screening for Luca, then you have Dwight in the dunker spot, and all of a sudden there's just a little, it's a little too crowded in there. Uh, but KP likes being involved in the action, so then you're like, all right, well then let's play him at the five and let's put more spacing out there. But then you're giving up size on the defensive end, and so it is sort of this weird thing where like it feels like KP at the five is the thing that's built for the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, last year they ran into a team in the playoffs that. Their tallest guy was like six foot seven. And so KP at the five was, wasn't all that good. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Again, it's very complicated. Uh, it's, I, I wish that they would not have played the Clippers last year and that we could have seen KP go up against literally any other team in the NBA. Uh, but unfortunately, Kawhi Leonard was guarding KP in the playoffs. Uh, and I feel like going away from Kawhi is the smart thing to do if you can. So I, I have no problems with how they used him. Um, but Obviously, moving forward, they're going to have to to try and find new ways, especially when they go up against new opponents. They're going to have to find other ways to get him involved um, because him setting a screen for anybody is such a creates such a dynamic situation on the floor uh, because you have big man's big men lunging out at him to stop him from shooting. Uh, you might be tempted to switch the screen, which gives the ball handler the advantage. Like he introduces chaos and havoc into the into the play whenever really no other big men on the on the floor can do that for the maps like Dwight introduces chaos by setting a hard screen and rolling hard but he can't pop uh and so you can sort of switch that screen and maybe maintain your advantage defensively so um KP can nuke defenses just by standing there and whenever he's making shots he can be even better uh but unfortunately you know if if they are going to play two bigs then they're going to have to he's going to have to be patient with it because he's not going to be involved probably to the level that he wants to be and honestly that statistically he probably should be uh, but again, it is with like the larger goal in mind of keeping that fastball uh, or keeping that ace up your sleeve. I'm trying to think of other sports metaphor um, for when it really matters in the playoffs. That was probably a bad answer. I'm sorry. No, I, I think, no, you gave a lot of uh, a good stuff that I, I think when well, we just see it as fans, you just see like the emotion and like me, like how exhausted Luca is and maybe like how frustrated they both might be and, you know, shots not going down and things like that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it like when you have a like superstar of superstars like Luca, 
and you see this guy who, you know, who has a lot of potential. And I, you know, I remember we were so excited when we got him, but there's just so many particular needs that he has to, to fit in an offense or even in a defense. Uh, like you just note, like, like you just noted. Um, and it just like, it, it kind of like, we, it's hard for us to wrap our head around, like, yo, like you're seven two, like, le- like, let's just like light them up. Like, you know, I think, but yeah, you, 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 you laid out a lot of good points. You know, I mean, that goes back, sorry to interrupt you, but that goes back to like, and like in the least condescending way again, like, but this is just a straight numbers thing. Like post-ups are inefficient. And so the more times that you post someone up, um, you're leaving points on the floor, but you know, with a guy like KP, if he, if post-ups will keep him, so if getting some touches will keep him in a rhythm, keep him sort of yeah. loose, uh, keep him confident, it. keep him feeling good, then yeah. And that's the same thing with like making the leadership council, right? Like I'm totally willing to invest five, one or two extra post-ups per game for KP. So that would be what, like four or five per game this year, as opposed to last year. Um, I'm, I'm willing to give him the ball down low a couple more times per game. If it means getting better defensive performance, um, now, if you get five post-ups a game, your shooting percentage is going to drop, you know, because it's not a very efficient shot. Even if you shoot 50% right. of the post, it's only one point per possession. Like last year, there were teams scoring like 1.17, 1.18 points per possession for the season. So like, that's a lot of points you're leaving on the floor. Um, but if, you know, doing it a couple extra times means that he's going to go from like B minus to A minus on defense, then like, yeah, let's do it. That's totally worth it because you're going to make those points back up on the other end of the floor. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I mean, you know, uh, uh, it's like, no. Yeah. That makes sense though. I'm trying to think, I think of the example. I, yeah. I, it's, I'm trying to think of a, there's a Kendrick Perkins. There's yeah, a Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins is a good example. example. Yeah. I've heard that thrown out how like, you, you know, you feed him to, to make him feel appreciated in the first quarter. Well, like Kendrick Perkins doesn't make $30 million a year. So I know that, that, that analogy doesn't, satisfy a lot of fans i mean he like, probably does now at espn which yeah he's is, killing it he's killing he's, it. he's doing now you don't have to feed him anymore he's he's well yeah. fed by espn so he's terrorizing our they time give him lines. all the touches that he could ever oh my want. god they will not stop giving that man touches on espn lord have mercy anyway so thanks that, for that, that insight i i i'm i'm kind of uh i've kind of soured on kp and i and i and I, I need some kind of context i need like what should I be looking for in this game instead of all this other stuff? Um, I'm curious yeah, I mean, if you're in the school of thought that um, or to what degree are you on the school of thought that really extremely tall and lanky guys are brittle because I, I've been on the Yeet KP train, you know, like you started seeing when a team struggles, that's when more fans and I'm way too sensitive to like what people are saying on Twitter, but that's more when people are getting sour on KP and things. Um, and I've sort of, I'm sort of with the school of thought that if you're really tall and injury prone, that like it, it's you might not be built for the game of basketball. And I sort of feel that way about KP, man. Like, you know, we were, we were talking for months about how it's going to be his first healthy season back and he's played half the game so far. And uh, he's got back problems, leg problems. Like, he's got like, a he's black played, eye played, somehow. <laughs> no, no, he left the Houston game early. So how yeah, did that he happen? Literally played I missed half that. Games. Yeah, he didn't play that much in Houston. Yeah. So like. My, so my theory on his black guy is he he told Luca he should pass the ball more and then they just got into a fight. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Um, Speculative. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. He, he he has missed a lot of games. Uh, he's missed a lot of games in his career. There's no other way around it. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, he's gone through it himself, um, saying like, K- 
okay, based on what's happened in the past, I want to add a little bit of weight so that I not only can I play five, but also my body will be just a little thicker. But when he adds more weight, he's kind of like uh, Trunks whenever he goes like Super Saiyan Ultra or whatever against Imperfect Cell. And he like, he just can't move, you know, because like he's so bold. Yeah. Um, and so he doesn't want to play at that super big weight. So then he wants to lose a little weight. And then all of a sudden, you know, then you lose your advantage against those bigger players. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like you're trying to find a sweet spot, I guess. But at this point, with it being his, what, sixth season, I think, or fifth season, um, you know, it kind of just it it is what it is. I mean, you can't really explain in a way that you, you can't just like you can't analyze it any any more than that. Like he just he misses games. Um, and so the job of you know, him, him and the medical staff and the coaching staff and everything is to do whatever you can to minimize the number of games that he misses. Um, but, you know, it's very similar to what um, I'm trying to think, like Shaq missed some games, but that was more for rest than anything. Like Embiid misses a lot of games. Like there are big men that just Anthony Davis missed a lot of games, but like you would rather have whenever they're at their best, you'd rather have like 60 to 65 kick-ass games from them uh, and then a really good playoff performance, then try and stretch them for all 82 and they totally break down, you know? So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if you just accept that he's going to miss time, um, then you're much more willing to accept what he can contribute on the floor. But if you're going to miss that time, then you got to be able to contribute on the floor whenever you're in the game, you know? So it's, it's one yeah. of those things where it's like, it's all good, man. If you come out and you, and you dominate, you know, whenever you're healthy and they just, they're, tr they're still trying to find that consistency. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I'm sort of just like if another unicorn comes up, I'm not like I, I feel like if another guy with the same build just comes up, I'm just skeptical of him. No matter Swerve. what team he goes to, you know, like I've sort <laughs> of been I'm not going to say traumatized, result. but I guess like, yeah, I don't I, know. Just I don't um, think a little bit disappointed. It's, it's harder for, you know, it's harder for the fans to accept it who just watch the games for well, entertainment. I mean, I'm a fan I guess, too. So. You know, I, I want the match to go 82 <laughs> and 0. Right. You know, yeah. Because I, yeah. I live it, man. I mean, this is. I'm literally just surrounded by map stuff all the time. So it would, yeah. it would be great if they just stomp everyone every night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think what, and I, we don't have as much as I'd like to, I think we can go further into the season before we kind of like get a better idea of where he is and hit with his game and with his team. Um, I don't want to like get into like the trade stuff or, or, or whatever, but I think as a fan, if I see like Jalen Brown or like, Bradley Beal or all these like guards that I know would be like, you know, or these wings would be perfect with Luca. And then I see like KP and he seems like really high maintenance in comparison, you know, just because of his, his situation. I'm just like, dang, that'd be nice. But who, <laughs> I don't know how that would yeah, It's tough. It's tough. But I mean, the, the, even that's what makes KP an even more complicated character to talk about in, in this whole story, because like, even if his shooting percentages and his individual production aren't up to par or standard or whatever, you know, wh whatever people hoped, you know, 25 and 10 or whatever, like even if he's only giving you 16 points on seven for 17 shooting from the floor, his presence is still making everyone's job easier. And that's kind of, that's like the ultimate, like galaxy brain take thing is mm -hmm. like, even if he himself is not producing, he is still helping like his gravity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it's, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. So uh, it's, it's so complicated to talk about because individually, I think even he would admit that he's not performed the way that he would like to. Oh, um, for sure. But, you know, he 
kind of is like his he's a good investment still because of that that very fact so it's just it's it's very strange that's that's why i wanted to ask you specifically because i know i know you could give us that extra context what to look for and and kind of like give the galaxy brain version you know uh version of what we should uh, look out I mean, for who else like who else could just take Kawhi Leonard out of a series defensively? Like, that is so weird. I know everyone is like, KP was a decoy. He didn't give the Mavs anything in the playoffs, but he did keep Kawhi from defending Luka for like five and a half games. And like, the Mavs should have won the series because Kawhi was not guarding Luka. He was guarding Porzingis because the Clippers didn't want, once they realized KP would be a decoy with Kawhi on him, they were like, let's just leave Kawhi on him and see if Luka can beat us. And he damn near did, you know? But unfortunately, they weren't able to get it done. So, like, that's just like, but it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate, like, this doesn't look like what I hoped it would look like, but it still is pretty good kind of thing, you know? Um, Yeah, you're not going to see that highlight on SportsCenter of him, like, attracting Kawhi away from Luka. Yeah, and I I know no one wants to hear it. It's such a buzzkill thing to say, and, like, it's just so, it's so, it's such a wet blanket. Like, well, he got Kawhi to guard him, so blah. But, like, that is really cool. Kawhi would not guard anybody else on the maps anyone else except for Luca, of course but like they wouldn't put Kawhi on Dorian Finney-Smith or on Tim or on Brunson or any of those guys they would put Kawhi on Luca or KP and that is it and so he still commands respect and opens things up for Luca. so even though again he didn't produce to really the level that anybody wanted especially himself um he still helped yeah that's a good observation um that matchup with Kawhi have y'all been keeping up with the Pacers (laughs) Do y'all feel validated or, or, you know, maybe like petty in any way (laughs) seeing them struggle? I'm sort of, I'm sort of loving it to be honest. He can't, he can't comment on that. Yeah. No comment. I want everybody (laughs) to succeed. I wish all everybody go 82 and 0. (laughs) I I honestly thought they would be doing a lot better. I'm not like, I don't have like, yeah, I'm kind of petty with Rick, but I'm not going to, I don't want to want him to lose every game or anything. I think he he's got a talented roster. I'm, if they lose more, maybe we can trade for some of their guys. So this might work in our favor. Um, but Miles yeah, do you have any other maps? Do you have any other? Uh, uh, I guess last question I would have uh, it, before we get into, unless you guys have more questions. Um, I do have I do have a bit of a yeah, little game go, go, that go we your... might. So okay. much has been made. I. I, I will go on record as saying I wasn't the biggest fan of the Jason Kidd hire uh, from the jump over the summer. I'm still hopeful that we'll see um, see more, I guess, from the coaching staff uh, and just see more performance-wise from the team. But um, a lot of the Twitterverse yapping and kind of being like, oh, three and two, like, let's, like, we're playing like trash. Like, let's yeet Jason Kidd got me thinking about other Mavericks coaches in their first season. So I want to play a little game with you guys. I'm going to give you um, the record of some previous Mavs coaches in their first season. And I want to hear from you guys and have you guys guess who do we think uh, this may have been. So first up, um, we have a coach who went in here a coach who went four and one in their first five games. Um, any guesses? This is, this is going to be a pretty deep cut, unfortunately. Oh, uh, Don Nelson, Donnie, Don Nelson. No, Donnie Nelson. No, 
I can't remember beyond I, that. I wasn't I, alive. I want to let, let everyone else guess before I guess. Okay, Jay. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You you're, you're shouldn't guess. You you can definitely know with the look on your face. I have no idea, man. But I really want to guess Rick, mm. just because. Just guess Rick for de- for like for so long, we worshipped Rick Carlisle. Is like, I I almost want to guess that maybe he had a hot start. So maybe that's why, like, maybe that snowballed into the into the you know the the spectacular legacy the legend, that he has the legend of Rick you know, i, I want to say maybe he had a hot that, start and, and i don't that, like, if i remember correctly yeah, tattooed it into our brains or something okay bobby who you got uh i'm gonna guess john mcleod okay heck? that is a deep cut you bobby you were the closest because we are going 80s 90s early mavs uh r- different rick uh, actually richie Ooh, uh, Richie, Richie Adubato yeah. went four and one. Of course, we were a lottery team. In How the am I the only one? Wait a minute, was that, that was that like 1990? It when was 1990. 90. Okay. Yeah. So that was was Roy Tarpley. That was still whenever Tarpley was with them, right before he kind of. Um, he, I believe so. Let me. Let's they see. were, if memory serves, they were having a well. Memory, I was not alive for that season. Uh, <laughs> but if uh, <laughs> if my if my past life memory serves, they were doing pretty well, and then things kind of the wheels fell we off. Were, we went to the conference finals the year before that, right? Or no, we uh, did. Yeah, that's eighty. They through the first ten, it looks like they were five and five, uh, oh, okay. and then it kind of just starts to derail from there. Yeah. Um, okay. Hey. Next on our list, uh, this coach went one and four in their first season as the coach of the Mavs. One and four. Ben, we're going to start with you. First guess. I'm going to keep saying Don Nelson until I get one right. <laughs> that's, that, is, that is a strategy. <laughs> it's, a SAT, it's a SAT prep strategy. You got to just like, <laughs> just guess C, 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 C. Um, man, I don't know, bro. That is a deep cut reference, Jay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> C is the I, most common. Well, what was that one that you guessed? I'm going to keep that one in my back pocket, Bobby. Was it Jerry? I guess John, John McLeod. John for the last yeah. one. That's not my guess for this one. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I want, go on record. I want to go on record. <clears throat> hmm. I guess you guys can look up all of the coaches. I would recommend don't look up their records or go on. I'm, I've got basketball reference. I don't have time to do that. If you need the names. <laughs> Jay, who you got? Yeah, like, you I'm, got? Not, I'm not exactly a history buff here. Um, one and four. Yeah, one start and four. off one and four. So that so. Do you want to give you some options? I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess Rick again. I'm gonna guess Rick Carlo. <laughs> so we've got the CCC strategy for Ben <laughs> yeah. and Jay. I'm, Bobby, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> get get out of here, Jay. Bobby, who do you have? Uh, so I'm gonna guess if I can guess a can I guess two because one and four is like this is the Mavs. There was about a decade there where everyone like one and four was like a good week. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna guess uh, Quinn Buckner and Rick Carlisle. Okay, uh, um, you're the guest, so you get to have two guesses, I guess. So I actually I did not have Quinn Butler on my list. One and four was Donnie Nelson. Ben is ah. Ben is correct. Let's go. Uh, nice. It nice. was the I believe it was the 98 99 season. Um, in their first playoff season, um. They went. They started out three and two with Donnie Nelson. But the, the I'm talking about first season for this specific coach, like the very beginning mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. Okay, next on okay. our list, uh, this team. This team went two and three through the first five games. And I'll give you guys a little extra hint here. 
they did end up making the Western Conference Finals this season. They did end up making the Western Conference Finals this season. They started the season two and three um, with this head coach in their first season. Oh, what? This is uh, a... I was hoping that I was going to be helping with the Western Conference hint, but I think I may have... Is uh, it the Jeremy McMahon guy? Huh? The Jeremy McMahon guy? Jeremy McMahon, no. I think (laughs) you're... What's that dude's name? (laughs) Jerry (laughs) Jerry McLeod. John McLeod. John McLeod. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I want to go with Avery Johnson. Jay? I remember when we were, like, my, my, like... Just the timeline. I'm not sure exactly when we went that far with him, but I'm gonna go with Avery Johnson. That's that's my that's my pick. And I might be exposing myself. I don't care. Whatever. Like <laughs> no, no, final, no. I final answer. Go I for it. it. Bobby. I'm gonna go John McLeod, final answer. You are correct. Yes. Yeah, that was the 88, 80, or 89 season, I believe. Yeah. That right. was the season. Um Derek Harper dribbled out the clock on the LA oh, Lakers, I believe. Don't do uh, that when we were tied. That's messed up. Um yeah, Way to copy my answer, Bobby. <laughs> okay, but let's... I, well, you got the last one right, so I was like, all right, I'm I'm following that guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You might we're be getting... dressed as Robin, but you're my Batman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're getting a little bit closer now, a little <laughs> bit more recent, a little bit more modern. Um okay. This team, I'll give you guys a little bit of extra. Uh this team started two and three. They Start of the first 10 games, three and seven mm-hmm. before eventually making it to the Western Conference Finals. Two and seven for they started three and guess. seven over their first over over their first 10 games. If we're if we're doing the first five games, because that's how many we've seen from Jason Kidd, they started two and three. Okay, so like there's really only a couple coaches left now. Avery. It's gotta be Avery. Avery. Right. Okay, I got Avery from Ben, Avery from Jay. Bobby. I'm gonna guess Rick Carlisle. You are correct. Ding 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 ding. That is why he is the expert here. The guest appearance. Uh yes, Rick Carlisle went three and seven in his first season as Mavericks head coach. Uh, we went to the Western Conference Finals. Before eventually making only, it to the only Western. Only the second round. Only the second round. They lost to the Nuggets in the in the second round of that year. That's Western oh, Conference shoot. Finals. No, I may. You know what? I may have that wrong. Then that's semifinals. Yeah, it, it, it probably yeah. So basketball reference will say semifinals. So you might just redo this finals because they don't. They usually don't say it's second round. Sometimes oh, yep. they will say semifinals. Semis. Semis. Yeah. Yep. Um, Thank you. But uh, but yeah, yeah that that year the the Mavs were actually running a totally different offense for the first like nine ten games, and then they were like, ah, scrap it, we're changing it, we're going <laughs> back to what works, and uh, yeah, so maybe a preview of what's to come here, we'll see. Oh dang! Uh, okay. Oh dang! Inside inside scoop. Yeah. Okay. So uh, our next coach uh, started their first full season as Mavs head head coach started three and two before winning six in a row uh, to eventually end up, I believe, nine and two over their first 11 games. It's Avery. Started their first full season. Started their first, huh? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm just cursed. I'm going to guess Dick Mata. 
Big B. Why? <laughs> so much emphasis on that name. Uh, <clears throat> do uh, Ben, who you got? Oh, I I say uh, Avery. Did you say Avery? Yeah, process of yeah. elimination there a little bit. Okay, we got Avery. We got Dick. Bobby, who you got? I'm gonna guess Avery Johnson. Yeah, this one was a pretty clear one. Fun fact though that I had forgotten. Avery came on as like interim or stepped in after Donnie Nelson resigned and he went 16 and two to close out the 04 05 season, I believe. Um, yeah. Talk about, talk about one heck of a start. Yeah. I don't, I still don't get why he hasn't had a great like coaching career post Dallas, everything like he went to the nets for a bit and then kind of fell off the map. Doesn't he coach like youth or something? Isn't he involved in youth ball? Like- he he coached the I think he coached the Arkansas Razorbacks for a little while. Um, um, he went he went down to college. Um, uh, dude, do you, uh, are you ready for rapid fire? Is that I think we kind of hit all the good coaches, right? Yeah, Dick Mata is our last one. Uh, went one and four in his first stint. He had a second stint. Um, with the Mavs. I'll have to check the check the tape. I'm pretty sure I won though. But it's a good mm, game. I don't know. I think I think Bobby, you and Bobby might have been tied. You can you can uh, you can take it. You can take the trophy. You can take the uh, trophy. I I I I I'll best yeah, I'll take it. Here's I, this, I think I here's should. this empty bowl uh, of cereal. This is your trophy. Or... Is the milk uh, still in the bowl or is it totally... <laughs> No, the milk the milk is gone. It is oh. it is a completely empty bowl. No deal. Uh, and um... eat the cereal with water. <laughs> okay, thank you thank you all for playing. Uh thank I, you. Great game. I, enjo- I, I enjoyed it. myself. That was fun. Um Ben. That was a great game. I ben didn't t- I had no idea you had that game. I'm uh, now for the, as hell, bro. I can expose yeah. every historical <laughs> game. <laughs> now the uh I don't know anything fire. about Richie Adubato when it shows. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard that name before till di- till today. So I have a Richie uh, Adubato card, bro. As I like cherish. <laughs> I got I think I got all the coaches' cards, like, but I don't know anything about them clearly. <laughs> At least I don't know you, how their first you, few games if you, started. If or you whatever. flip over the card, you can see their career stats, right? Okay. Well, anyway, stupid okay. game, Jay. Yeah. Okay. It's the rapid fire segment. Let's get to it. Let's, let's finish on a strong, strong. Uh, uh, let's get clutch with it. Okay, Bobby, you ready? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so uh, what are the what are the rules here? What am I? Is is it just first thing that comes to mind? Just quick. Go for it. Yeah, first thing comes to mind. Uh, there's no actual timer. This is the first time we're doing this. Uh, but yeah, just first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, kind of uh, goofy questions to get no Bobby. You know. What I yeah, mean? Like, we want okay. to know you, the person. Uh, so okay. these are not Mavs related at all. So just heads up. Okay. Okay. I'll start with some easy, easy ones. Uh, favorite movie of all time. Ooh, that's a kind of a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna say The Godfather or Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. I can't decide. Ooh, okay. Bobby. That's a man, that's... man after my own heart. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Do we just become best friends? Uh, so you Respect. can you can nod. Or, or, okay, I guess not. We're not best friends, everybody. All listeners, he didn't nod. No, we're best friends. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah. And this um, is not the place. This is a Zoom call. This is whatever. not the place to try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, I I have a theory on what the answer to this question is. Uh, what's your favorite show of all time? Uh, I honestly I don't watch TV. Uh, but my favorite show of all time. I mean, I guess if I uh, 
Does it? I, I don't watch TV to be just completely honest. I don't watch TV. I guess Game of Thrones by default. Oh. The Dallas Mavericks are Bobby's favorite show. Do you have a favorite anime? You made a you made a <laughs> kind of a deep Dragon Ball reference that like I do love Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. yeah. I do like Dragon Ball Z you... better than Dragon Ball because I think Dragon Ball okay. is slept on, man. Like the anime hasn't aged well. Rapid but, like... fire. Come on now. <laughs> No, 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 Dragon. We could, we could have our own Dragon Ball universe. A Dragon podcast. Ball pod. Yeah, you, we could, we could, we could just break off. You got a podcast offer, Jay? Man. We could just call it Beyond. Beyond, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beyond the Dragon Ball. Um. So, uh, what is your spirit animal, and why is it the koala bear? Ooh, I like koala. I don't know anything about koalas, but I'll be a koala. I'm named after one. After all, kind of. That was my go-to, but I didn't know if you actually had another one that you had like a connection to. No, not really. I mean, I kind of snakes are kind of cool. They just sort of <laughs> hang out and slither around. All right, all right, okay. Negative um, connotation. Snakes are overhated. They yeah, get too much. Are, I was gonna say they're mischievous. <laughs> That's underrated. Yeah. Um, what is a place that people might be shocked to find you at? I wrote that one myself. I'm real proud of it. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, probably how often I'm at Whataburger, they would be surprised. The frequency is surprising. <laughs> yeah, the frequency is surprising. Oh, dang. Again, Bobby? Really? Yeah. Like first name basis with the drive through people and stuff? Like Not not yet, thank God. But uh, we're, we're getting there. The, dri- the drive through people are like, is everything okay at home? Yeah. <laughs> When they, when they start asking for your usual, you know that you're in too deep. I have a Sonic near my work where uh, they'll like yeah. come to the window and they're like, I made sure that they had the ranch in there this time. See, like, it's, yeah. it feels good to feel valued and special. Yeah. You know, that's that's why I keep going. I just need quality, companionship. Quality sir. <laughs> companionship. Okay. I'd like to do that, man. But Whataburger just devastates my body and my soul. <laughs> at the, like the older I get, the more it just, I have to eat a salad at Whataburger now. I just can't, <laughs> I can't keep, I can't handle it. That's the most <laughs> depressing powerful. thing to do. Eat a salad at Whataburger. That's so sad. I know, right? Um, This question probably isn't great, but I'm going to try it anyway. Friends and Seinfeld is on at the same time. What are you watching? Seinfeld. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. That's a relief. <laughs> Wrong answer, but you know, we'll, we'll, okay, yeah. Ben, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm taking you off this zoom. <laughs> You're not my Batman anymore, Ben. I, I'm trying to watch, I'm trying to watch Seinfeld right now because everybody thinks it's so great. It's just Jerry complaining the entire show. All it is is him complaining about these little things. It it like his voice just drives me crazy. Bitten, if it was like you, any other didn't voice. Didn't you watch all of Friends though? Oh yeah, I binged that. I I I hadn't watched it till like a couple years ago. I can't do Seinfeld. I'm trying. I'm like I'm 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 watching it. I'm just waiting for this moment where I'm like, yeah, this is great, but I can't. Well, the moment isn't whenever you're recording a podcast because you can't hear what they're talking about. It's not. I'm not watching that. <laughs> you gotta you gotta watch it you gotta watch it after after uh, the show really just like close out all the distractions in your life turn off your phone and just see what wacky antics jerry and kramer and george and elaine will get into today kramer is so funny like that show is just hilarious man how you not just like crack up just throughout the show man this explains this this explains so much this explains so much of your basketball opinions. This this explains what? so much. I'm, Does I'm, it? I th- I feel like I finally see you for who you truly are, and uh, it's a little distressing. 
I only like friends question. for Phoebe, Rapid but I had a crush. Let's go. <laughs> uh where's the slowest rapid fire ever have you seen dune yet which i doubt uh, it i haven't seen dune i tried watching it the other day but i only have hbo max via hulu and for whatever reason it's not on hbo max if you only have hulu so i haven't seen dune I don't, yeah that was his idea i didn't think that was worth asking, imax man i would like to watch it though okay um, free fire it, we're last making question a plan. we're making a plan last question is there uh anything you want uh, people to know about you outside of basketball. Getting no, deep, getting deeply like, personal now. I like yeah. being uh, I like being only Mavs mascot guy. Uh, but the hmm. no, just have fun and be nice to people. That's my that's my whole thing. Oh, we should do something like that, like advice that the guest. That's a good idea. We'll just do that from now on. Like, yeah. what advice do you have what, to the kids? Just say, just ask. What is it? What is your ethos? What are you all about? Mm. What are you? What it's are you ethos. trying to do here? What What do you do here? It and, sounds uh, weird when woge, I say. It. Aren't you? Are you trying to be woge? <laughs> no, no, I'm not trying to be woge. No, no. What's no. your ethos? It yeah. It sounds weird when I say it, but I'll we'll figure. We'll workshop it. Yeah, um, what's like your what's your whole bit? Just what's your that. vibe? What's, what's your what's your deal, man? Just ask people that. <laughs> what's your Let deal? Them take however they want to take it. I was like, so slow of uh, yeah, rapid fire because remember. the way you answered those questions, man. What's your those deal? Those are good answers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, man, this is uh, this has been uh, just like everything I thought it would be. I met my hero today, and it's oh. Bobby Kerala. This is so cool. Like I, I'm genuinely like this is. I've been so excited, looking forward to to this and just for the pod the conversation has been amazing and we're over the moon that you decided to to join us man so so hyped yeah that's awesome man yeah i, I really appreciate y'all having me on and uh anytime send me up i'm down cool. i felt i felt like i was like lifeless as a maps fan and then you you came in with these like defibrillators and then, well i mean we'll see they got another game in 24 hours and if they lose then it's gonna it's gonna be a bummer so you know, but I'm gonna not be on Mavs Twitter after that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a long season. It's a long season. It's a long career. It's a long life. It's a long existence. The universe yeah. is gonna go on for nine billion years. And so, like, just if they lose to the Kings, like giving up on the Mavs on now, giving up on the Mavs now is like me giving up on Seinfeld after watching five episodes. Think about yeah. that, people. Yeah, don't I do still that. will. I'll, the- I'll 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 somehow make it through this show, but I won't enjoy it. The one thing that I want to say in closing is like, um, as someone, you know, I, I think y'all are all probably close to my age. I'm 30. So do y'all have like memories of like early Dirk? Like we all watching the Mavs whenever Dirk was kind of a young guy. Figuring yeah. Out. Okay. We're like 28 ish, 26. Okay. All right. So I was yeah, born in 93. So yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm a 90. Yeah, so you're, 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 you're in the sweet spot. Yeah. Y'all are still in the sweet spot. Um, like, early Dirk Mavs were fun and they were cool and you know, they, they lost some games and then they went on some playoff runs and it was great. Um, but like I spent most of Dirk's prime as like this angsty teenager, uh, that just got really <laughs> mad whenever they lost all the time, like mad, like if Twitter was around back then, I would have had some, some like pretty... ruin your day, mad. Yeah. 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 Ruin my week. Like I would have been, I would have been really annoying Twitter reply guy. If, if I was this age, if Twitter was around then, you know, or right. if I was that age now, um, because, you know, I wanted the Mavs to win. But then looking back on like Dirk's prime, I kind of kick myself for not enjoying it more uh, and just getting mad all the time. So, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, like this is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to enjoy it. 
you get one Luca in your life. I mean, luckily we almost <laughs> kind of have two Dirks. Like he's not Dirk, but like we we're lucky to get we get to do it all over again. You know, the cycle begins again. And so um, you know, I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna let myself get mad about everything all the time. Like I want to enjoy the Luca era because eventually he's gonna play for a new team or he's gonna retire. He's not gonna be around anymore, and uh, I'm gonna miss him. So I'm just enjoying everything, even the bad stuff, even the yeah. bad stuff. And there's been quite a, there's been a lot to be mad about over the last few years. Oh, there's also sure, been a, yeah. there's been a lot to be happy about too. So I'm just going to try and enjoy the whole ride because once it's over, we're never going to get to do it again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Preach it. Yeah. I love, yeah. Everything you just said, I agree a thousand fold. Awesome. So Beautiful. We're, that's our ethos or at least my ethos, uh, but <laughs> I don't know about the other guys, but, um, yeah, thanks again for for being on. Um, where I guess you get give a shout out. I'm sure everybody knows who you are, but like you let us know where they can find you and stuff. Um, Bobby Carella on Twitter. Uh, we're starting to stream this year, so like the morning after games during weekdays around 10 a.m. Central, we go on Twitch, Twitch.tv/slash Dallas Mavericks. Uh, we're gonna be streaming there, and we're also we're gonna be launching some new programming stuff. Right now, it's basically just me sitting in front of a camera breaking down plays, but. Uh, we're gonna have some like actual shows and more podcasts, things like that coming out too. So uh, you're educating the people. Hallelujah. Trying to, but trying to have fun too. We're gonna do a little bit of everything. So it's it's hopefully That's it's gonna awesome. be fun. Yeah. Dude, after this conversation, Brad. Mavs fans, if you're not hyped for all that content that he's gonna be making, I don't even know what to do with y'all. Wahoo! <laughs> that wasn't the cowboy in, in the Immaculate Vibe Studio. That was Bobby. <laughs> Uh, you get a you get a yeehaw from me. Yeehaw. <laughs> um uh well uh well I guess we'll let you go now. This this goodbye has has been uh long and goodbyes are the hardest part, you know. Man. It's true. It's uh yeah. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Buckets and Beyond. Um if you like if you could think of who could you think of somebody maybe uh not maybe Mavs related, maybe not Mavs related, who do you think would be another who should we target as our next guest? on the pod who do you think would be like uh goku easily jerry seinfeld oh my god i'm not gonna do that larry david oh julia lewis dreyfus that's that's brutal a second jason alexander not the guy that plays kramer he's a little (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) like unhinged the 90s were not kind or the early 2000s were not kind to him oh he wasn't kind to yeah that that, that too (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) The other guys, they're all cool. So get one of them on. What you're seeing on on Seinfeld is a little method acting from uh, Kramer, and he never escaped <laughs> the method yeah. part of it. Anyway, yeah. that that I I don't appreciate the swerve of that question. <laughs> oh oh, uh, realistically, next person. Uh, I don't know if you want to if you want to balance out the the light side of the force with the dark side. Bring on Kirk, serious face, man. Uh, mm. No no no, I, Kirk is Kirk is a good dude. I, I like Kirk. I've been, but, uh, I've never been so a- angry at that little, like his profile picture. I, I don't know why. No, it just no, enrages no. me sometimes. No, Kirk is, Kirk is great. Kirk you know, he great. means well, but yeah. Uh, okay. I'll see if I, I'll give Kirk balance, a shout. Balance it out. Balance out the Libra scale. Cause this, I need it. I'm the optimist, good vibes. So yeah. I think him and uh, yeah, yeah. Andrew, Andrew's got a, yeah. Andrew's going to yeah. have a, like a. <laughs> Andrew's wearing all black. <laughs> oh, I'm my, well. Where's I the lightsaber? Yeah. Oh, so you're literally a, just a Sith Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's unfortunately the costume kind of just looks like a ninja, and when you're on when you're on <laughs> Zoom, it's just all black. So you kind of have to. I thought you were a monk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it it kind of, I mean, most Jedi and Sith 
are essentially they're just monks with they're just monks with laser swords. Pretty rad. It's very comfy. Yeah, they're, they're just vibing. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you again. Uh, I think it's the eighth time I've thanked you, but uh, yeah, got listeners. This is one of our favorite episodes already. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we've been buckets and beyond. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can find us on Spotify and any other place except iTunes and um, yeah. Follow us on Instagram at buckets and beyond. And then at Twitter at buckets beyond. And thank you for tuning in. We're out of here. Adios. This is nice.